lives today. It's evident that there is not a fervency in our life when we come to the house of God and we look around to see what everybody is wearing and we're concerned about who is not here. Amen. Rather than who is here. Thank God. Hallelujah. That we've got men and women that have got in their heart that I'm going to come to the house of God here this morning. But friend, what if nobody showed up? What if nobody was here? Would you walk in these doors and begin to ridicule and condemn those that are not here? Would you begin to get your eyes on the things that are not happening? Amen. And lose sight of the things that God is wanting to happen. Oh, I'm telling you this morning, we need to get our eyes off of one another. We need to get our eyes upon Jesus Christ. We need to look unto Him who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And when we begin to do that, we're going to see an apostolic one God tongue-talking revival come. Amen. In our heart, before revival can come to this assembly, I know it's got to start in the pastor. It's got to start in the man of God. And I'm praying, God, if there's something in my heart that needs to be drawn out of, I want it to be drawn out of me. If there's pride in my life, I want it to be withdrawn from me, God. I want to see revival. I want to see the apostolic move of God's Spirit in these last days. Amen. The Holy Ghost rebuked me the other day while I was praying. Amen. And the Holy Ghost ever rebuked you, friend. I was praying, and as I was praying, I was looking at my life, and you say, Pastor, amen, uh, do you ever feel as though uh, things are not going like they should? Amen, do you ever feel as though that things could go a little bit better? And I've had some say uh, to me, no matter what I say, no matter what I come to you, you'll always say that God is in it, and the will of God is being performed, and you don't say, yes, there are problems, and yes, we need to address this, and the reason for that friend I'm not going to get in the same boat amen that that perhaps those are in that would come to me and please don't feel bad when you come to me and you've got questions or you've got problems or you don't understand some things the way that they're going but I understand that God has called me to be an exhorter friend God has called me amen not to get in the same boat with you and to side in with all of the problems yes there are problems I know that but I know also that there is a God that is bigger than the problems. There is a God, amen, that called creation into existence. There is a God that sent forth His Son and died on the cross of Calvary that I might be able to live unto Him. And that God that did that is able to take care of this church. Hallelujah. As I was praying, I prayed, God, amen, things aren't going like I feel like they should go. Amen. And the Holy Ghost says it's not supposed to go the way that you think that things should go. Amen. I want to come against some of your theology this morning. You think that the preacher sometimes gets his way. Amen. And he's the one that does everything the way that he thinks that should be done. And yes, let me state it once and for all. Let me state it and let me reaffirm the position of the world of God. God sent a man, amen, to be able to be in charge of the church. I talked with a man 
the other day and he said so what you're telling me is that the preacher the pastor he has no recourse he answers to nobody in that church I said no sir I'm not telling you that at all I believe that there is an accountability that needs to be there amen but what I am telling you is that that church has no business it has never been ordained of God for that church board or for the elders or anybody else in that church to tell the pastor which way the spirit of God would lead him that doesn't stop and he said well that's just with spiritual things I said that doesn't stop with spiritual things that goes with the finances that goes with every single thing that goes on in that church and that's the way that God wants it to be but he does answer he says but how is he's going to get repaid. There are some preachers out there that are bad, and I won't deny that. I know there's a lot out there that's bad, and I've got to face that every single day. Just yesterday, a woman, she looked at me, amen, and I gave her a check. Amen, I was trying to help some folks, and I gave her a check, and she said, we don't take checks here. I said, that's all right. I said, amen, it's, it's a check, amen, that will be good. And I told her who I was and where I was from. And she says, yeah, but there's a lot of bad preachers. And I looked at her and I said, ma'am, you're absolutely right. And I'm sorry for that. But you want to know if there's a whole lot of bad saints out there as well. And we've got to live with that. But as I prayed, the Holy Ghost rebuked me and said, son, you answer to me. You don't answer to those people. They didn't call you. They didn't hire you. They're not going to fire you you answer to me and whenever I tell you to do something you do it amen and as I prayed the Holy Ghost began to rebuke me some more and said son you've got some pride inside of your heart amen and some things you have not confronted because you knew that it would bring down some things and you were afraid about what was going to happen amen and you were afraid that others would look on and say what's Maynard doing over there Maynard's tearing that place apart amen You've got pride in your heart. Amen. And that's the reason why you've not spoken. Hey, I'm being honest and transparent before you this morning. Amen. And I prayed and I wept. And I said, God, I'm sorry for the pride. I want you to get it out of me. Amen. I'll stand and I'll tell the people that I've got pride in my heart. And that I need to get it out of me. Friend, because I want the fervency of the Spirit of God to move in this assembly. Hallelujah. Pride is a terrible thing. Amen. And I'll go a little bit further to say that there are some here this morning that have got a certain element of pride in your life. You wouldn't admit it even killed you. Amen. You wouldn't bow and you wouldn't buckle under the authority that is put before you if it killed you. Oh, yes, sometimes. Well, I don't see it that way. It doesn't matter if you see it that way or not, friend. Amen. God placed an authority over you. Do you see everything the way that you see it, that you should see it when you go to school, when you go to your job? No, but you submit to that authority anyway. Come on now. I'm talking about fervency of spirit. It's going to bring that. I don't look at Elijah, the man of God. Amen. And the difference between Elijah and Gehazi was one thing. Gehazi had pride in his life. Gehazi never learned how to sit down and to minister before the Lord and to minister unto the man of God. If you'll remember, Gehazi was the servant of Elijah. 
And I believe that if Gehazi would have done that which was right, or Elisha rather, if he would have done that which was right, Gehazi would have received the same power and the same spirit and the same anointing that Elisha received as a result of his following Elijah. But you want to know what? Gehazi had pride in his life. He was worried about who was going to get the credit. He was worried about, amen, well, the man of God, I went down and I did what the man of God told me to do and it didn't happen the way that I wanted it to happen. Oh, it's not going to happen the way you think that it ought to happen. In the moment that you begin to learn that and the moment that I begin to learn that, God is going to bring a move of his spirit like we have never seen before. Oh, Gehazi, he got mad, amen, because God put him on the spot, as it were, amen, and the things didn't happen the way that he thought that they ought to. You want to know what? I believe that you can get involved in some things, amen, and it can be the will of God, and those things will just... I mean, it'll zap, just go right down the tubes, amen, and you will not do what you should do, and I've heard some, well, I wasn't in the, oh, you was in the will of God, friend, are you a good man? Yes, I'm a good man, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, you was in the will of God, why did it happen that way? Because God was trying to build something in you, God was preparing you for a time that was going to be a little bit later on, where you would be usable in His sight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm talking about fervency this morning. Red hot desire that burns inside of our heart, not because of ambitions. And I'm going to tell you this morning, amen, that I don't want to build a church because of ambition, because they can look and they can say, hey, look at that church up there. They're doing fine. I'm going to tell you, this church is not doing fine. Amen. Whenever we don't see men and women get baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the power of the Spirit of God, when there's jealousy and envy and backbiting and gossiping and all kinds of sin around us. This church is not doing fine. I'll tell you what real revival is. Real revival is when men and women begin to get down on their knees. They begin to read the Word of God. They begin to apply the Word of God. They start. They stop talking about their brother. They stop talking about their sister. They stop talking about all the things that are wrong. And they start saying, my God is bigger than any problem. Amen. They get in there and they go after it like they're on fire because they are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You know what Elisha did? He followed Elijah all around all the time. He followed Elijah around. What did he do? He washed his hands. Amen. I ain't never going to do that. Amen. Some folks won't even wash another person's feet. Shame on you. You got pride in your life. Amen. A foot washing service is called and folks stay home. What's wrong with them? They got pride in their life. They've not got fervent in spirit as of yet. Amen. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm preaching this morning now. Amen. I'm talking about when we get that fervency in our heart, it'll cause us to burn up under the power of the Spirit of God. It won't matter who does what. It won't matter whether you're a big G or a little O. Amen. All that matters is you put them together and they go for God. Hallelujah. You're not going to matter because you've got a fervency in your heart. Sometimes, amen, when we gather together, let me finish talking about Elijah and Elisha. 
Elisha would follow Elijah all around. What can I do for you, man of God? Here, let me wash your hands. Here, uh, let me help you out here. Here, uh, let me let me uh, let me do this for you. Praise God. And there are some that would in the world that would say, uh, everybody does things for the preacher. Amen. Not because the preacher wants them to do things for them. I'm gonna tell you, I, I like to mow my own lawn. I like to get out there. I like to mow the church lawn. You say, why? Because I don't get a chance to do a lot of that stuff. I like to do it. Amen. I like to be able to do all those types of things that are there. But you want to know what? Elisha no doubt wanted to do a lot of those things himself. But I'm going to tell you, when the man of God is involved in the work of God, some things he cannot do. I love to be able to usher. I love to be able to take up the offering. Oh, friend, if I wasn't a preacher, if I wasn't a pastor, I'd want to be an usher. Hallelujah. Be there greeting the people when they come in. Oh, I'm glad you're here this morning. Oh, I put a smile on my face from ear to ear. You say you do it anyway because you're the pastor. I didn't do it when I wasn't the pastor. Because of that, I did it because I love God. I was sincere when I said, I'm glad that you're here. Hallelujah. I would love to teach Sunday school down in the teen class. Oh, I'd love to do that. You say, why? That's so difficult. That's all right. Amen. I've always liked challenges. I like it when there's a challenge put out by the devil says, you can't touch these young people. And the devil, whenever I walked in that pulpit this morning, he spoke to me and said, you're not going to touch some people that are there. But you want to know what? That don't stop me from trying, friend. That don't stop me from getting in the flow of the Spirit. I realize I'm not going to touch you anyway. God's going to touch you. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Oh, I'd love to be able to do all those things, but the fact of the matter remains that when the man of God's involved in the work of God, amen, he can't do all of those things. And so there are some Elijahs or Elishas that come along here. Pastor, what can I do for you? What can I help in this church with? I like to be able to say, you do this and walk away and forget about it, knowing that it's going to be done. And friend, if you're fervent in spirit, that's the way that it'll be. Why? Because you are sold on sin the work of God go forward you're sold on seeing men and women saved hallelujah and brought into the kingdom of God hallelujah hallelujah I'm talking about fervency the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much hot red hot by the power of God Amen. You're not going to get a hold of electricity and just stand there. I told you about, uh, amen, my, my little brother who was not as smart as I was at that time. And, and we, we made a worm soccer. Anybody know what a worm soccer is? Some of you fishermen. You know what worm soccer is, Brother Cass? You don't? All right, I'll tell you. You'll probably go out and make you one after this. <laughs> amen. Here's what a worm soccer is. A worm soccer, we made this. I think we invented it, as a matter of fact. And uh, we, what you would do, you get this long rod. It's made out of steel. And you take and you put electrical tape around it. And then you take a, a hole or a, 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 an extension cord. We went and we got one of Dad's and we cut the end of it off. And uh, some of you dads know what that's all about. You go to look for your stuff and it's gone somewhere else. And we, we, we peeled the wires back and we hooked them wires to that to that electrode, as it were, that that uh, wire, that steel piece, and uh, then you uh, then you take and you go outside and you wet the ground down, and then you shove that thing down in the ground, and then you go and you plug it up to the electricity, and you know what happens? 
it goes into the ground and those worms that are down in under they come up out of there it shocks them yeah so you probably want to go make you one brother. <laughs> it comes up out of the ground amen and, and then you can walk out there after of course you've shut the electricity off and you reach down there and you pick them up well one day my brother he was not as smart as I was he didn't uh, have electricity and all about electricity in school as of yet and so uh, he didn't know that if you walked out there without any shoes on it would zap you and so we was out there he didn't have any shoes on and he walked through there and we i was smart enough to wear my shoes out there brother peasley and here comes my brother he comes running out through there you know about like this and when he hit that thing friend i mean he took off i mean he got fervent right now i mean he got get up and go in his feet and he you know and when he did it he just kind of Woo! like that and laugh you talk about laugh i sat down and i laughed and it was the funniest thing i never will forget that amen the longest day that i live but you want to know what he got a hold of that electricity and that electricity got a hold of him and when it got a hold of him and he got a hold of it it put some fervency there inside of his being and his i mean he came alive all of a sudden hey if electricity can do that to our physical body hey how powerful is God he's the one that said let there be light and there was light he's the one that caused man to be created from the dust of the earth I've got to tell you this morning that God is much more powerful than electricity and when God gets inside of our heart there's going to be a fervency that is going to get a hold of us we're going to become alive we're going to get on fire we're going to get anointed with God's spirit as it comes into our heart there's an anointing that needs to be there. Hallelujah. Some of us, we play ball better than we worship God. Amen. Hallelujah. We get more excited about putting that ball over that net. Oh, you know, I was at a preacher's get together and I'm just kind of different, I guess. And uh, they was playing games at this preacher's get together. And you know what, man, they was shouting and they was really getting with it. And the women, they was going, ah, you know, like that. And they were screaming. And I got to looking over there. And I was standing up by the presbyter. And again, I'm different. So I just, I just kind of stood up and I said, hey, how come you women don't do that in church? And the, ah, they stopped. Hey, how come you're going to get excited about aggravation and sorry and, and all these other board games that are there? Amen. Board games, they just about bore me. Amen. And I can't get too excited. I don't jump up and down about those things. I'm, I'm really not a very excitable person when it comes to those things. Somebody can get me a present and I really don't get excited. But friend, you let me get in the presence of God. You let me come to church. I come there with one thing on my mind. I'm going to come there with fervent see in my heart. I'm going to lift up my hands and I want the world to know I'm going to worship God with as much fervency, with as much dedication, with as much excitement as I do any other thing that is out there in the world. I'm calling the church of God to a fervency of worship. 
Hallelujah to God. If you can get excited about anything else more than you can get excited about God, you need revival, friend. You need to pray until God touches your heart and you can begin to get excited about what God has done in your heart. It doesn't take me long. Amen. When I begin to think about the sin, amen, and the hell that I was involved in, in the road of hell that I was on, hallelujah, until I begin to get excited and I begin to think about what Jesus has done for me. I've got a South. Hallelujah! Glory! Amen. Sometimes I get a little bit too excited, you know. Amen. And, and, and I scream a little bit in the microphone. My wife says, come on, pull that thing away from your mouth. Amen. But it seems the more excited I get, the, the more I get it up there to my mouth. Hallelujah. Uh, pray for me. Maybe one of these days I'll learn how to just step back and say, Hallelujah! Glory! But sometimes, amen, we need that. There's got to be a fervency in our heart. Hey, I want the world to know that I believe what I believe whenever I stand up. Don't let me get up and say, that's God. And God was there in the Garden of Eden. And God caused man to be formed from the dust of the earth. Friend, I might talk that way for a little while. But it's going to get a hold of me sometime. Did you hear me? I said, it's going to get a hold of me sometime. Amen. The other night in city council, amen, I went to pray the prayer at city council. And before I go there, I pray, God, let me say something, amen, that will stir the hearts of every one of those those, uh, city uh, council people and the mayor. Let me say something. God, when I step to that microphone and I bow my head and I begin to speak the words of God, let it be as a hammer that breaketh in pieces. Lord, let there be such a fervency that is there. And God, let me not just pray a simple prayer. You know, and, and, and there's that tendency going there. Amen. You've been there before. And you know what? I, I just about pray the same prayer every single time. You say, why? Because God hadn't answered my prayer as of yet. Either, no, he's answered it, but they're not listening. So I'll pray it again. Hello. Hallelujah. My prayer, and the other night I was in there, I began to pray, and friend, I began to feel this thing. (laughs) And I thought, oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Right here on closed circuit cable television. (laughs) Amen. It's going to happen. Oh, glory to God. And finally, amen, I said, amen. And I looked over at the mayor, and the mayor, he was just kind of standing there like this, you know. And I thought, oh. Get him, Lord. Get him. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let it rub off on him, Lord. Touch these city council members. Amen. And whenever I walked out of there, you want to know what them city council members, they turned to where I was at. You say, why? Because you're a good man? No. But because of the power of the Spirit of the Almighty God. If God can use a backslidden preacher like Jonah and go down to Nineveh and preach a message to them and cause that whole city to be saved, what can God do with somebody that loves him and is preaching because they want to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking about fervency of spirit getting a hold of us. Amen. Just just consuming us. There are three types of fire in the Old Testament tabernacle. The first type, amen, it was a type, amen, or the fire was the fire of destruction. And I'm going to tell you that God's 
holy fire, amen, as it comes into your life, it will destroy sin. If you don't want sin to be destroyed in your life, you don't want to be a part of the church of God, amen. If you don't want to stop doing your sins, and if you don't want to get right with God and stop your lying and your cussing and your drinking and your gossiping and your running around and doing all of those things, you don't want to be a part of the church. Because this fire get inside of you, it'll give you a right attitude. It'll give you a right spirit. Amen. You'll put a smile on your face, even to your enemies. Amen. You say, what if I can't do that? You're backslid. Hello. Amen. And you need to get back with God and get a fervency. Amen. Get a hold of the horns of the altar. Hallelujah. Amen. I've had to go to people in times and I believe that, that when men and women come repent, I don't believe that's all there is to it. Amen. If you've done somebody wrong when you repent, amen, God will not receive your repentance until you go and make right what you have done wrong. I'm not out of order whenever I'm preaching this this morning. I'm in the book, friend. I didn't say it. Jesus Christ said it. He said, if any man comes and offers his gift upon the altar, and he remembers there that he has aught against his brother or his brother has aught against him, he said, leave his gift at the altar. Go and be reconciled unto your brother and then come back. I'm going to tell you that real repentance, it will consume sin in your life. Amen. The fire of God's spirit, it will take care of sin and it will cause you to go to that one. Amen. And that you have wronged and say, I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry, sister. I have done wrong. You say, have you ever done it? I've done it lots of times. Hallelujah. I've done it in times when I didn't feel like I was wrong. Amen. But I had a wrong spirit in the way that I felt. Amen. I was absolutely right, but I was absolutely wrong in my approach. Amen. And I've had to go back and I've had to say, hey, brother, I'm sorry. I feel like I've manifested a bad spirit to you. Forgive me, please. I don't want there to be aught between me and you. I don't want there to be division. I love you and I appreciate you. You say, what did it do to you? It broke me down. It took away my pride. I felt like two inches high. But you want to know what? When I walked away from there, I had the fervency of the spirit. Hallelujah. And there was a power of God that I felt after that time I never felt before. That fire's got to consume your sins. You've got to allow it to consume your sins. That fire has got to move in you. Amen. To pull down the barriers and the walls of opposition and rebellion that might be in your heart. And friend, it will do that if you will allow it to. There was a second type of fire, amen, and that fire was, amen, the fire, amen, hallelujah, of construction, hallelujah, or rather the fire of instruction. God's spirit comes into your life, will give you a teachable spirit. I don't care if Joe Blow gets up to teach who hadn't been in the church but one year, amen, and he fell his call. Well, let me change that because I don't believe that it should be that way, all right? I don't care if he's been in the church two years and he felt his call to preach. Amen. And he gets up and you've been in there 25 years. Hey, he can't tell me nothing. Maybe he can't. But you can sure help him. Amen. By listening to what he's got to say and encouraging him. 
and true fervency of spirit. Amen. It won't stay home when somebody's speaking that you don't like. Hey, what is this? Amen. What is this? A, a, a talent show? What is this? Celebrity Boulevard? Amen. What is this? If he's preaching, if she's doing it, I'm not having a part of it. Shame on you. Amen. You're just in pride and you're just in rebellion. Amen. But pastor, you don't know. Yes, I do know. Amen. And the fire of God's spirit will cause you to receive instruction. It'll light up your way. It'll show you things that are wrong in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you know the greatest preacher in the world? Huh? It's not me, that's for sure. It's not John the Baptist. It's not Paul the Apostle. It's none of those. It's your conscience. As the Spirit of God moves on your conscience, it'll preach a message better than I could ever preach. And friend, the power of God's Spirit will begin to move in your mind. You can't fight that. You might fight what I've got to say this morning here. You'll walk out of here remembering laying on your bed at night and your conscience is preaching you a message that you cannot get away from. Never. Never. I've gone to hospitals where people have been mentally ill. They have lost their mind. And they talk in one sentence about God. And the very next sentence they're cursing. God, cursing. Heaven, hell. What is it? I believe that in those times, many of those people, they have rejected the call of God. They have rejected, amen, the, the, the beckoning of the Spirit of God. And Proverbs 1 says that it can happen because I have called and you have not regarded. Amen. Because I have stretched forth my hand and no man had regarded. You have not. You have refused. He said, I will laugh when your calamity cometh upon you as a desolation. I will mock when your fear cometh. There is a place that you can go so far away from God. Amen. That, that you're just too far. What is that? I don't know. But rest assured that the preaching of the conscience, it continues on. Why not get fervent in spirit now? Hallelujah. Why not get close to God now? And there is a danger, my friend, that you'll lose out with God and that you'll go away from God. I've seen men and women, amen, live in the church for many, many years. And all of a sudden, it just seems overnight they're out of church and they're backslid and they're living in the things of the world. Why is it, Pastor? Why is it? Did it happen just overnight? No, it was a progression. But it started because there was not the fervency of spirit that needed to be there. Amen. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to read the Word of God. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to follow the leading of the Spirit of God. Amen. I'm not going to receive instruction. I'm not going to allow the Spirit of God, the fire of God, to burn up sin in my life. Amen. And finally, I'm not going to receive the construction of the fire of God. The fire of construction in the temple. As the fire came down, 
Amen. And as it consumed that sacrifice or the blood that was there, it constructed, as it were, a mercy before the presence of God and extended a hand of grace to Israel. Hallelujah. God's fervency will cause mercy to be in your life. Oh, yes. Amen. Whenever we're wrong, we want everybody to show us mercy. Oh, they're not merciful. They're not kind. And you know what? Even there are some times when you take a right stand. Amen. And you're doing it with mercy and all the compassion that you can muster in your life. Amen. Where men and women will say, you're not merciful. Don't worry about it. Stand where God wants you to stand. it too much hallelujah remember I said at the beginning of my message the Holy Ghost said you have not said some things why I didn't want to hurt amen but sometimes in order to help you've got to hurt sometimes in order to get some people to see the right way that it is in order to see the lamb to see his way is gone astray you got to bring them back and you got you got to break their leg you got to wound them. And Jeremiah said, I was wounded by the shepherd. Why? Because the shepherd didn't care? No, because the shepherd had compassion upon him. He had mercy upon him. And so he did that which broke his heart so that that person or so that that lamb would stay in the fold. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Get fervency when it comes to mercy. And as I said, we want everybody to extend mercy to us whenever we're wrong, but we don't want to extend any when they're wrong. What a hypocrite. What a hypocrite. Foolishness in the sight of God. God rebuke you. God rebuke me. What's going to cause it to change, Pastor? Fervency. Getting alone with God again, saying, God... Hallelujah. I don't want to give mercy. I don't want to extend a hand of grace. Oh, but God, get a hold of my heart. Forgive me for feeling the way that I am. God, I know it's a sin. I know, Lord, that if I do what I'm thinking about doing, it's wrong. And you're going to be displeased with me. But God, help me to do what is right. And friend, if you'll pray that prayer, God's Spirit will come to where you're at and He will give you grace. To give them grace. The Bible says that He has given every man grace. And I've heard that mispreached. Well, Pastor, everybody's given a measure of grace. It doesn't say that. You just have more grace than I do. I'm sorry. They just have more. Maybe they've just been a little bit more fervent in spirit than you have been, right? Huh? Willing to try again when there's repentant spirit. 
The book says, to every man is given grace according to the measure. You, see, you say, well, there it is, Pastor. According to the measure. Okay, but it doesn't stop there. To the gift of Christ. You know what that's saying? That's saying, as much grace as Jesus Christ has, that's the measure that's been given to you. Exercise it. Fervency. Hello, fervency. God help us to be fervent in spirit. Help us to be fervent in spirit. Would you bow your head with me and pray? Worship the Lord. Lord, as Elisha followed Elijah, he was willing to do whatever he could, not because of position, not because of place, but because he was sold out to the plan and the will of God. I pray this morning, Father, that you would speak to me first. Help me, Lord, to lay aside position and everything that's done to the glory of God. Father, we do not want to be as Gehazi, whose latter end was leprosy because of his disobedience and his disannulment of the things of God. His lack of fervency and commitment. But Lord, we want to be like Elijah. we pray, God, I want to pray with the fervency of your spirit. For, Lord, you said it's only those prayers that are going to avail much. God, when we work, I want to work with the fervency of your spirit. For, Lord, you said it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Help us to see, Lord, that every New Testament believer that was successful and that, that overcame and added to the church of God it was because they were full of the Holy Ghost fervent in spirit oh Lord help us to be that way Lord in these last days as we look forward to the coming of you we pray that you would help us to not become entangled with the affairs of this life. Lord, I pray that you would help me as pastor to be the watchman on the wall and to sound the trumpet. No matter how sharp that sword might seem, no matter how deep it might cut, Lord, no matter what might happen to sound that trumpet, and, Lord, that I would not bear the sword in vain. Father, on the other end of the spectrum, I pray that you would touch this people that you have privileged us to pastor. 
Let there be an awareness of the second coming. Lord, and with that awareness, that they would be more fervent in spirit, that they would live every day like that's the day that you're going to come. That we would not cease to pray, Lord. That we would not cease to love one another. That we would not cease, O God, to extend mercy. That we would not cease, O God, to take a stand, a firm stand for your word. But do so, Lord, in compassion. Lord, with long-suffering. Lord, that there would be a oneness among us that would be greater than we've ever seen. I pray, Lord Jesus, that that would happen. I pray, God, that men and women personally would receive a greater amount of love and faith in their hearts. For, Lord, I know that it's going to take that in these last days. Lord, as we gather together, let there be fervency in our worship. Let us learn to worship you with fervency. For God, that's what brings your presence. You said, Lord Jesus, that you inhabit the praises of Israel. You said, Lord, that it's your will that we worship in spirit, fervency, and in truth. Let it be that way, Lord. In the name of Jesus. I pray for men and women that are not where they should be this morning, that you would get a hold of their hearts. Father, I pray that you would cause their conscience to be pricked. Oh, Lord, even as it was on the day of Pentecost, that they would be pricked in their hearts and that they would speak the words, men and brethren, what shall we do? Let there be a preaching that takes place in our conscience. Oh Lord, when we lie on our bed at night, let, our, let that preacher preach to us. Let the Spirit of God move in our mind and cause us to hear until we obey. But Lord, don't just stop there. Bring encouragement. If it's encouragement that we need, let the Spirit of God speak to our mind and preach encouragement to us. In the name of Jesus. Would you talk to him? Let him talk back to you. I lift it up, Lord. Yes, Lord. You hear us. You see the condition of our hearts, oh God. Let it stir us. Let it move us. Let it motivate us to do that which is right. Oh God. Bread of heaven. Feed me. talk to you this morning. Would you come on, let the Lord talk to you. 
Let him cause a breaking to be there in your heart. Amen. Is there some fallow ground that needs to be broke up this morning? Hallelujah. The plow of the Holy Ghost has come through this morning. Amen. Designed to break up that fallow ground. For the Bible says, then he will rain righteousness upon us. Holy Ghost, break us up. Oh, Holy God, allow your spirit to do that even today. I want no more. Use my cup. Lord, break us this morning. Let us be broken, oh God. Come on, saints, let the Lord talk to your heart this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, let him break you. Let him break you. Let him break into your heart. For you see, there must be a breaking before his spirit can flow out from you. There must be, amen, a, 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 an entrance that is made that the spirit of God might flow from us. Amen. And minister back into him. Here's my cup. Fill it up and make me whole. Use my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsty of my soul. of Jesus Christ if you'll study his ministry you'll find that the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ he spoke placid beatitudes beautiful soft words beside the still seas of Galilee amen and the other places where he would speak we remember the Sermon on the Mount but you'll notice the end of the life the ministry of Jesus Christ at the end of that three and a half years that soothing calmness was no longer there as far as that sense is concerned in the words that he spoke. But there came upon him a fervency. And now instead of speaking calm, beautiful beatitudes, he spoke straight to the hearts of men and women. He called the scribes and Pharisees serpents. He said that they were dead. 
as the sepulchers. Remember that. And his ministry took on a whole different form the end of his ministry. Why? Because he knew that it was the, the end of his ministry. And there was a fervency. And he knew that that fervency had to be there because Satan was going to be working harder than he ever worked. Amen. To try and stop the plan of God from being fulfilled. If that's any indication to this church age, there is going to be a fervency that is greater in these last days. There are going to be stronger words that are, being, that are going to be spoken in these last days than there were in the beginning of the church age. Why? Because of the fervency of the hour. Jesus said that the violent take it by force. And there is going to be in these last days a violent faith that says we will go to all measure to be able to see the plan and the will of God performed. Amen. If you'll read in the book of Hosea, you'll find that the prophecy was given after two days will I raise up this people. Amen. And then the third day, amen, he's going to visit Israel is what it's referring to and what it's speaking of. That two days, I believe, is symbolic of 2,000 years that the church age is going to be a part of. The third day is the 1,000 year reign of Jesus Christ. But you'll notice in the scripture immediately following that, Jesus said that he shall give you the former reign and the latter reign together. When? At the end of that, two, that second day. Why? Because he knew that there was going to need, be needed a fervency in the last days greater than ever has been. That's why Paul said sin will abound, iniquity. But he said that where the iniquity abounded and where sin abounded, the grace of God did much more abound. Why? Because of the fervency of the Spirit of God that is going to be cranked up in the people and in the heart of the people of God. Fervency is going to get this job done. Let's get fervent in spirit. Let's become alive. Let's become committed. Amen to God. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? I've delivered my heart today, and I'm going to walk out of here feeling that, knowing that God has had His way with me. And I trust that God has had His way with you. In Jesus' name, I trust He has. Tonight, I'm going to be speaking to the church again. What in the world is the church for? That's my message. What in the world is the church for? And I hope by the help of God tonight, I'll be able to deliver to you my heart. Amen. And unburden myself. Amen. And place that upon you. Amen. You say, how can I get rid of that burden, Pastor? By taking it to someone else. You see, the Word of God's not supposed to stop with you. The message that you heard this morning is not supposed to stop here. You're supposed to take it to your job. You're supposed to take it to your people that you're around, your family, your friends. If you'll do that, the Word will not return void. I promise you.
Amen. While we go to the Lord in prayer, Father, again, we thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this message today from Classic Firstborn Ministries. If you would like to have more information about Firstborn Ministries, please go to www.firstbornministries.com or give us a call, 815-633-0030. We pray you have a great rest of your day. God bless. Until next time.